Who watches The Watchmen? We do! Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled. I am Pierre and that is Tara and we are going to talk about Watchmen Season 1 Episode 5. It's called Little Fear of Lightning. So full spoilers for the episode as always. Uh, this episode focuses on Looking Glass and what's interesting is last week you kind of teased that it was going to interest a new character and it didn't. <laughs> So, I'm confused. No, I was teasing that it would be focused on one character. Ah, okay. Okay. And you assumed it was going to be a new character, and I did not want to say, because I didn't want to spoil anything. Okay, I respect it. I respect mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, we focus on, on Wade slash Looking Glass and his backstory and what he's doing. Uh, we find out that he, as his day job, has has because uh, most of them don't actually literally have a day job, although I suppose Angela does kind of pretend that she's opening a bakery, even though. It's just kind of sitting, <laughs> sitting there. Yeah. Uh, but we find out that he uh, is in advertising. They have him for like the uh, the focus groups, and they'll get them to fill out the questionnaires. But he'll be watching, you know, as if he's it's almost like a cop show where he's behind the glass and he's he's watching the reactions to give them the honest. We get we get this ridiculous uh, come back to New York ad. You know, it's not scary. <laughs> come back. You're not going to die. It's fine. Is <laughs> um, it? Like, no, they're all scared. They're not going back. Which yeah. You know, I think it leads us nicely into the opening of this, the episode, which is an extended sequence in 1985, a special year for multiple reasons. And he arrives in New Jersey. What's that look for? I think of a look. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> looking glass, looking glass knows you're full of shit right now. Uh, so. He arrives Looking with... Looking Glass uh, is not as reliable as he thinks. <laughs> so Looking Glass, uh, or I should say Wade, because he's not Looking Glass yet. Wade arrives in New Jersey. It's um big fair going on, big party. And he's there with his Bible group to spread the good word of the Lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's a Jehovah's Witness, or... I don't think he's a Mormon. Because I think it is just Jehovah's Witness, but yeah. That's, that's but they're the ones that like go. Um, yeah. Mormons do too, I think, but they're more focused on like missions. I think this is more of a situation where it's like it's the end of the world, so sinners, now's the time. Yeah, <laughs> now's the time to repent. Witness. Repent. Yeah, repent. So they get let let off this little bus, and they're the pastor or whoever it is that's taking them here is like right you know it's one minute to midnight guys one minute to midnight in the doomsday clock go and go and save souls and he's walking this poor kid he's clearly never been outside of you know oklahoma he's never been yeah you know anywhere like the big city and he's walking through the street and just like mortified everyone he passes you know there's people kissing there's people getting tattoos there's people doing whatever yeah we're in peak 80s yeah we're in 80s grunge. I, I, i'll be honest i was expecting some vats of toxic waste and there wasn't any we didn't get any i know i mean i maybe because we're in new jersey and not in new york but yeah, no but, toxic waste i mean maybe i'm just going with the stereotypes that you know people in new york always try and get across but i've always been under the impression that new jersey is like the shithole version of new york so that is definitely where they put their toxic waste <laughs> yes <laughs> so new york used to have the toxic waste and now new jersey has all the toxic waste is that what you're telling me yes <laughs> that's where all the barrels went apologies to any listeners in new jersey i am merely going off uh jokes Um, i mean jersey's always been the punching bag of the states yeah even um well i don't know more more or less than florida because i feel like florida gets more of it yeah uh yeah that's true florida man florida woman florida teen Mm -hmm. you know florida gets a lot well yeah i guess every place in in um in america does has its uh embarrassing history so yeah except delaware delaware's just boring that's delaware's thing delaware. <laughs> it's just Come delaware delaware <laughs> why why would you go to delaware <laughs> you're watching wayne's world huh <laughs> uh not recently but that's probably in my mind where it came from from childhood <laughs> that's probably why that joke's in there uh, but yes so he's here he's trying to save people he, he, he tries to talk I don't know why he picks the punks that are standing in an alleyway that like pick someone safer looking <laughs> seriously because they're the ones that need to they're the sinners really they're yeah, the ones that need help sure so he goes up and they just make fun of him and uh, the, the one girl who's there kind of says oh be nice to him and she sort of grabs his hand and runs off with him takes him into the hollow mirrors in the middle of this fairground 
and kind of seductions maybe not quite the right word but kind of you know tricks him into thinking he's about to have sex and strips him down uh, gets all flirty and then it's all a ruse says haha suck it babel boy and runs off <laughs> that's not exactly in a dialogue i'm paraphrasing um but uh she runs off with his clothes yeah and he's left there i mean he's got socks on but other than that he's butt-ass nude he's in the hollow yeah. mirrors he's, he's cr- clasping his dick and i think my favorite part of this from a, a performance perspective from the, the young younger guy here playing uh wade who's you know i mean mm-hmm. is he here like 17 18 he's like he's a teenager still i think yeah he starts he starts blaming himself like yeah. you're an idiot you're a sinner and you're you, the one who you yeah. deserve this yeah the word that was a sentence that really stuck out to me is like you get exactly what yeah. you deserve uh as he's, he's yeah. angry at himself in the mirror i thought that was good too that's a good touch that was like oh he really is like very religious and yeah. this is part of his like he's blaming himself yeah uh and then rumbles and obviously when it said 1985 I was like thinking in my head, like, is this like you know, like I was like, like yeah. how close are we to that event, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure they say a date, and maybe if you remember the date from the book, you'd have known it was coming. But I didn't realize it was necessarily going to be this is the moment, you know, this is the moment yeah, where it happens. I didn't realize either. Um, and you hear rumbling, and I'm like, holy shit, it's it. This is it. And I'm like, when it makes sense yeah. that he survives because he's not actually in New York, he's in New Jersey. So he's obviously feeling a, a lot of the impact. New Jersey gets a lot of it, but not as much as New York because Manhattan's the epicenter. Manhattan's where it actually hits. And, and what is that? Uh, oh, a giant mother effing squid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which, by the way, looks awesome it looked great and just the thing so the the glass starts shattering i thought this is a really great way of handling this is in this room with him where we can't see it right and i thought oh maybe it'll just end here and then he goes outside and he sees like all these people lying dead and it's like that those pages in the comic where there's people dead you know just pages and pages of death and i was like okay that's cool and then the camera starts to pull back and it keeps it goes over water and i'm like are we pulling back to New York? Are we going to see New York? Are we actually going to see, like, the squid? And we see... see a hint of a tentacle? Uh, well, that's the thing. The first thing I saw, though, was Madison Square Garden. I'm like, oh, that's smart. That's a building that most people will recognize, right? Is sure, Madison Square yeah. Garden. And then it keeps pulling back. And then eventually you see the entire goddamn squid, this huge squid with the tentacles all its glory. over the buildings. And all I could think in my head is, Zack Snyder, you effing idiot. You could have had this. Too. You could have had this. I mean, I don't, I don't really blame him, like... When the movie came out and they and they changed the ending from the giant squid to being about Manhattan instead, like Dr. Manhattan, I thought, yeah, that's probably a good idea. The giant psychic squid or whatever is probably a difficult pill to swallow for people who are just here for a comic book movie. And it might be a bit too weird and out there. Grow up here. But I gotta say, it looks great <laughs> in the they, show. They should have grown a pair, or grown a pair, so I grown a pair, grown a pair, because this looked great, and obviously a lot of this, the plot, we find out a lot of what drives Wade is this experience, and we find out how this has affected a lot of other people as well. Because even though we knew it yeah. happened, we had the small squids coming down, we were theorizing why the small, small squids were coming down. Uh, in fact, just last episode, we were debating, like, how much do they actually know about how fake this was that this was mm-hmm. you know ozymandias like how much do they actually know and this episode actually answers that straight up for us by the time we get to the end yeah. i was i was almost laughing during the scene later when he was explaining that. i was like oh thank you for spelling this out because we were just having this debate last week um how much do people know so uh great opening opening five minutes or whatever it was phenomenal yeah i, I agree awesome i this might be my my favorite episode Ooh. so far Although it's not perfect. I had a couple of things. I was just like, why are you doing this? But otherwise, I mean, we always like this, right? We like the episodes that focus on one character. Absolutely. Other shows we watch, we do that too. Or like where you get a real deep dive into someone that you kind of like. I mean, and you get to explore why they're the way they are. You're like, okay, this is a performance heavy episode and a character heavy episode. I like, you know, obviously we're going to like it. Yeah. I always enjoy those types of episodes when they're done well. And hell even lost, you know, which Damien Lindelof d- did like, uh, at least it was the co-showrunner on like that, that entire show's format was that each episode focused usually on one character because it, it was their flashbacks for that episode. 
Mm. Um, so you know th- this kind of being so good at that but instead of doing flashbacks oh it does some flashbacks obviously because this opening scene's a flashback but instead of doing constant flashbacks it's doing this thing where it just narratively weaves from character to character you know Laurie mm-hmm. we focused on her when she arrived and it made more sense and we see a little bit of like Angela's plot going through that episode but not a lot and then we come back to her last episode and in this episode we it focus doesn't on- seem like it would make a lot of sense to just have a an Angela centered episode since she's our main character throughout She's sure. like the one that interweaves through all of them. But what I mean is, though, is that... Although next episode is probably going to be mostly about her. Yeah, but what I mean but... is, though, is that, like, the episodes that aren't focused on other people do feel like her episodes because she has the main character. Like, right. Because this episode, again, advanced her plot a bit, especially by the end. But, it, again, it was all from Wade's perspective. It was following Wade and his story. And mm-hmm. occasionally that was relevant to Angela's story, but not always. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do here. So, uh, so that's uh, so we had the focus group stuff. It sets up that, and I was actually wondering if this was even present day. Is this like you know before he became a cop? But then we see him go and like put the mask on and um, all the rest of it. Now, tell me, can you remember what they called the the material that he's wearing? It was like a reflectium or something like that. <laughs> Reflect tape. Reflect yeah, tape, maybe think- yeah. Um, it was something like that, and we actually find out that his alarm system that goes off when there's like a squid event um comes from a company that uh, exists purely to be interdimensional uh, security right and they sell this mm-hmm. material and he orders more of that and we also find out that when he's not wearing that mask his cap that he wears also has that in the inside where he can hide it yeah he's got like the tinfoil hat for yeah. the crazies and what's beautiful about it is that you know laurie kind of like kind of accuses him of this you know because she wants to speak to him when he comes into work that th- this morning mm-hmm. and he's like oh so, so you, you were there on 11 2 you were there that night and that must have you know you must are you still right. waking up shitting yourself at night because i've heard that everyone who like felt the psychic blast like still has mental problems and he's like i slept like a baby and she's like <laughs> yeah and you know you give yourself a, you give yourself an excuse to always be wearing that that tinfoil shit <laughs> on your face like the whole time yeah um yeah and i think it's I think it's kind of smart because he was in a hall of mirrors when the event occurred and he seemed relatively unharmed where people outside of the hall of mirrors, like the woman that was in there with him, like she, her brain exploded out of her head. So like there are people out there who are dead, but there are also people who are kind of like alive, but their eyes are bleeding or like wandering around uh, confused. But like, he seems the most okay out of all of them so in his mind it was the reflection of the mirrors or whatever that protected him yeah most likely so also it's interesting if he, if he goes down that path because one of the things that you may he may have taken away from this being religious is that well these are all sinners god saved him yeah and he's saved because he's because he's, he's a good well, boy we don't know that he's not still religious i mean laurie kind of asked him if he is well he may he may he still, really answer i mean he may still be religious in a sort of more normal sense but like what I'm saying is, is that after this event, he could have become but also, extreme. How can he be religious and aliens exist in his mind? So maybe he did give it up. Who knows? Yeah, he know. can be religious and also believe in aliens. God made them too. There you go. That's that's okay. that's that's. that's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm saying this as an atheist, right? I'm saying this as someone who does not believe in in any type of God. I'm just I'm just saying that's that's how you do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, because God wills it so. Yes, because it's a a self filling plot hole as as religion. It just constantly fills its own <laughs> plot holes. Uh, <laughs> um, so you know we hear this, and she brings up the pills because she's bugged the cactus, which is important for later. Uh, if I, I actually love the line where she's like, "Well, I'm FBI. We bug shit." <laughs> like I actually really like <laughs> I that know. line. It's like, don't be mad. It's what we do. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, that's a personal matter between us. Uh, that's nothing to do with work. Um, and that's kind of it. But. I do like this this idea that she sort of accuses him of this, and it's when we see him go home later in the day, we see that his hat has the the material inside it. Uh, we see it, when he when his alarm system breaks down because it won't turn off and there's nothing actually happening. He gets really angry. He goes on the phone. And he's like, "Hey, your alarm system broke down, and I've done like five hundred tests on this thing." And like, wait, how many tests have you done? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's super paranoid. I mean, he's a prepper, but he's he's beyond like he's he's beyond just. I have a fear of this might happening. He is always paranoid that something's going to happen. Yeah, and he... I mean, he can't even be without the alarm system because it's broken for a day. 
Yeah, because because they say, oh, we'll get we'll get a replacement to you by like Thursday. Whatever. Oh, that's not good enough. That's not yeah, good that's enough. Too, that's too late. Like, what yeah. if the squid attacks? Yeah. yeah. And okay, we can overnight it to you, but it'll cost like the price of the actual item. He's like, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Tomorrow, I'll, yeah. I'll take it tomorrow. Um, so you know, we see how desperate he is, and he eventually, uh, we meet his ex, uh, who he went to to get the pills examined from from this super weird company that clones pets and only twins work there or are they clones it, it made me think of uh of the sixth day the arnold uh, schwarzenegger movie the uh where it's the cloning. i haven't watched it i haven't watched it for a reason it looked terrible <laughs> it's not good but it is science fiction which means on our science fiction movie yeah, podcast the atomic cinema experiment tara <laughs> will be watching it eventually um we could have like an arnold month i just thought of that anyway uh, <laughs> you have an arnold vote Oh, we have an Arnold vote. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Six days not winning. Like, you, six days up there against Total Recall and like, <laughs> like Predator. I don't know. Our Patreons they pick weird ones. So. Sometimes they do. So they go go check out they a review of Wing Commander. Yeah, Wing Commander is the one that we always bring up. As Anything's being a weird on one. the table. Uh, so he goes to this this clone place, and the whole point is that oh, you, you never be without your pet. You love you love pet. You can clone them, and he comes back into the back, and his his ex wife, ex girlfriend, whoever is like she's like hey it's naked eye does this doll look that dog and he's like it's a little bit smaller he's like damn do you want it <laughs> no and then she just opens this oven like door <laughs> and just puts the dog in oh and my god you have to have zero soul <laughs> <laughs> to work at this place uh, I, I knew I knew that was going to hurt you, Tara. I'm not going to lie. When it, when it, as soon as she owned oh, I'm that sure door, I'm not alone. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not alone in that for sure. But like, oh yeah, I had to rewatch the second episode of The Mandalorian to make up for it. <laughs> uh, that was just a watchable episode. I'll give you. Um, <laughs> for one reason alone. Uh, I, I, I don't know, a bit, a bit of a side quest of an episode. You can check out my review with Connor of the Mandalorian episode too. Oh, it's just forty minutes of oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that all your review is? <laughs> That's what mine was. Bit more critical. Bit more critical. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, so uh, we find out that these are these pills are called um, nostalgia. And they're actually a thing. They're not just something that's new to the, sh- the show's world. It's not something that no one's ever heard of. Like, he understands what this says when she says that. They're an outlawed drug that literally have... Nostalgia was the name of the perfume that Vite had in the Watchmen comic. Because ah. I just reread slash watched them on the... The motion, the motion comic. comic, yes. It's fine. <laughs> Before the show started. And so it stuck with me like, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting tip. I'm I mean, glad. it makes sense for what the drug is that it would be called that, but it's also already a thing in the Watchmen universe. I'm glad you remembered that detail because I didn't, and it's a, it's a good little tidbit that that's the same name. Um, mm. But it, it was um, outlawed. Perhaps implying that Vite is somehow involved with the drug. Um, with the drug, sure. I don't think he's... I don't know if he's necessarily involved with the medication. I, I suppose the idea that whatever he had in the, in the perfume or the cologne or whatever... Um, was then used like by others, yeah, and yeah. then other people made made pills out of it, yeah. Um, but it has literal memories in it, and they're like, oh, whose memories? And it's like, oh, so it's, it's not even just like random; it's like specific a person's memories, mm-hmm. and that's interesting because that must mean they're custom made for each person. The, the idea that okay, I, I need some memories, so you know, load them up, and right. And we find that if you take somebody else's nostalgia then it could lead to psychosis and like a whole list of side effects that are yeah, bad, we, bad, bad. We hear that at the end of the episode when uh, Angela downs the bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so his whole thing though, is he's got a meeting that he goes to, he's got like a, a support group, uh, you know, sit in a circle, traditional type of thing for people who have been affected in some way by the psychic squid and have either felt the effects of the psychic, uh, uh, attack or uh, one of the guys says he was born afterwards but he sort of inherited some of the problems from his mother that kind of stuff and there's this woman here who keeps kind of eyeing up Wade right well that that thing that that guy brings up isn't mm. that something we talked about I know we talked about it when we talked about the film Altered States about memories that get passed on biologically like it's a real thing that happens and he just like flat out brings it up so I think that's 
like a concept that they're really okay. working on for the show. So you could say that, you know, when we were guessing last episode that maybe um, the new character's daughter was a clone, maybe she's actually just taking pills of her mother's memories or something like that. Um, it could be Yeah, like but that. biological memories are something that do that does get passed on. Like he's saying that he has a connection to the squid even though he's born after it because his mother oh, sure, no, but I'm, I'm, was so affected by it. But I'm, I'm saying it more specifically than that, that she's probably taking pills. If she's not a clone, she's probably taking yeah. pills because they were so extreme and vivid and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but but I think he, I think the show is bringing up that concept, that scientific concept for a reason. Uh, yeah, and this he, is like our introduction to it because it's going to come up later. Maybe may, that's how the drug is made. You may very well be right uh on that because you're right they made a point of him bringing that up um mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm i'm bringing back that daughter thing from last episode though because i think it's important to go back and re-examine that with that in mind because we were thinking she's a clone maybe uh but it could be that she's either having memories passed down to her but probably enhanced by these pills it would be my guess given how vivid yeah. they were um but you know and it would actually add up because if 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 Will's whole thing was to get Angela to take those pills, if that was his plan, so when he says to, uh, I forgot her name, sorry, from last episode, I'll remember it uh, when she's back, but when he when he gave those, when he was said to her that, hey, so and he accused her of doing the same thing with her daughter. Oh, Lady True? Yeah, Lady True, there you go, Lady True's her name. Uh, when he accused her of doing the same thing with her daughter, that even adds up more. If he's if he's expecting Angela to take the pills that he's like, inconveniently left behind for her, you know, mm-hmm. if that was his plan. So... Yeah, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah, those were not left by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's at a support group, and this woman's there uh, who kind of keeps looking at him, eyeing him up, and it's like, where's this going? Uh, they get outside, and, he, you know, he tries to talk to her, tries to tell her about the next meeting that's happening. It's, you know, next Tuesday. And she's like, I'm not going to that. And it's like, ah, we're all just batshit. And he's like, I don't believe anything you say anyway. You, you, you're not. Because he gives a speech when he's in the circle about, oh, life's like a tunnel, but I'll, I'll help you find the light at the end of it. And she's like, no, mm-hmm. you, you've not found that light. You're still just in the tunnel like everyone else. And we know that's true. We've seen how he's living. We've seen, you know, his hats and his bunker and everything else. Mm-hmm. He, this man is a, is a mess. And she basically asks him to go to a bar. Says, follow me. They end up at a bar. Uh, and they've got a bet to see if he's equally as crazy as she is, but he proves that he can tell if someone's lying because she sort of lies about her profession a couple of times uh, until she eventually lands on radiology. But the big thing from this this uh, conversation for me, which I think we have to talk about, is that in this version of the world, Steven Spielberg did not make Schindler's List. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> he made a uh, pale... Yeah, this is a really fun detail. Yeah, pale white, or is it pale white horse? uh uh the pale horse i think no the word white was definitely there i think i think it was the pale white pale white horse oh, the point is the point is is he made a movie about the squid attack and the reason why it's called that is because the band that were playing in madison square garden <laughs> the night that it happened when the moment it happened was this band the pale horse or whatever and yeah. as the a whole movie's in black and white <laughs> Except this one girl who's wearing red, yeah, and she's looking for her mother. Um, that really made me laugh. It, re- yeah. <laughs> it really made me laugh. Uh, w- yeah, she was bringing up, at first she was saying, it's Pell Horace, it's a movie, won a ton of Oscars, and I was like, oh, I wonder what movie that is. And then she said Spielberg, I'm like, oh, that's not a movie I'm supposed to know. <laughs> no, but then she describes the red coat and it's in black and white, and you're like, oh, this happened instead. Although, notably... He was so traumatized by the events that he made a film about this instead of Schindler's List. Notably, the year... This may be intentional, and did this for a reason, but the year's actually wrong. The same year, right? No. Schindler's List came out in 1993. She said 1992. I'm sure she did. Okay. It may, it may be meaningless. It may just be, no, he made it quicker because he was still distraught. <laughs> Are you sure it was? Yeah, it was '93 because it was the same year as Jurassic. Park. Yeah, that was a big thing. He he had to let someone else finish post production on Jurassic Park because he was off working on Schindler's List. Like he had a really busy year that year. Yeah. Um, dinosaurs and Holocaust. I mean, that's that's a two fantastic films. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, have you seen it? I have seen. No, I have seen it. Yeah, I've seen Schindler's List. It's not one that I okay. necessarily want to see again. I have to admit. I've seen it a few times. Because every time someone says I've never seen it, I'd be like, well, we have to watch it. <laughs> mm. 
you gotta knock this off your list actually one of the, one of the weird things about that movie is, is because i grew up in a world after it uh and so did you I mean, I mean obviously we were both born when the movie came out but like what i mean is most of our life was after schindler's list right um mm-hmm. is that i don't remember like the holocaust and the idea of what happened in the 40s with nazi germany and what they, what they did to a lot of people but specifically the jewish population like like sometimes i'll hear older people talk about it as if it wasn't as well known as if it wasn't something everyone oh, yeah, actually it knew wasn't. yeah that, that's that's I weird think we've to had me. this conversation before i yeah. think like i mean i think some obviously because there were survivors some people knew about it but it wasn't this really well-known thing until like the 70s when there was a miniseries that came out about it mm. and i think that also a lot of young germans didn't know about the holocaust until that miniseries came out like it was really eye-opening for a lot of people yeah uh you're right we have talked about this before not on a show i don't think i think this was just something we talked about <laughs> randomly but maybe it might have been for the ace it may have been may have been just a random conversation but um but it was a really funny conversation you... in this show it was really funny to hear this and be like oh okay right so you never made Trindles list he made this instead um and they kind of bond a little bit there's some jokes and there's there's some you know, uh, she mentions her two ex-husbands and she met, you know, he, you know, whatever. And they, they end up uh, kissing outside. Um, you know, they both get a little bit drunk. They both need to call for, for, for a friend to pick them up. Uh, however, after she's kissed them uh, and also, by the way, I, I actually just personal, personal thing here. Um, when she's smoking outside and uh, they're talking about how it was outlawed and stuff, he says it smells really nice. No, it doesn't. It never does. It's disgusting. It stinks. To a non-smoker? No. <laughs> Absolutely stinks. Right? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> maybe he used to smoke. You never maybe, know. Maybe he did, but no. Absolutely stinks. I'm not buying it. Anyway, so... Uh, but as as her friend is driving her away in a, in a pickup truck, a cabbage <laughs> falls out of the back of it. And it's like, wait a minute. And it's, it's always funny, is the show's not really focused on that attack that much. Ever since Judd got killed, the, the focus has kind of shifted in terms of what crime have been really paying attention to. I was, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we've never actually solved that crime. We, they never actually literally caught like who did that. And That's right, that was in the opening episode. Yeah, it was, it was like the first scene in present day. You know, we, we had the opening mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the massacre, but that was the first like modern day scene. And he calls it in, and he races after the truck. He follows him to this abandoned department store. In fact, earlier on in the episode, uh, Laurie was telling the, the, the police force to look for uh, all the churches in the, the radius because they filmed this video back from episode one in, in a church of some kind. Uh, and we find out, actually, it's just a set that they've built inside this department store, which is actually really smart, I mean, in all things considered. But... Uh, the you know he 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 gets in he sneaks in he he finds a gun in in the cut in the truck that's outside uh he sees both this woman uh renee and the guy put on rorschach masks before they go into the building and he goes inside he sneaks in and all of a sudden like as he's walking around a basketball just plops out of the ceiling there's like a little portal opens and it goes bloop, bloop, mm-hmm. boom Boom, boom, and then a Rorschach <laughs> walks in and is like, "Oh, hey!" It came out of the, you know, the 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 kitchen area, whatever it was, the church. The church, yeah, yeah it came out of the church, and it's like, "What are they doing? What's going on? There's portals happening, portals," and you know, he keeps following, and they've they've got literally this portal gate, and they're throwing basketballs in and seeing where they come out. It's, it's like they're 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 you know marking down, okay, how far are they traveling? How random is it? Where are they going? You know, they're, they're testing this thing. And this really freaks him out, and it becomes clear because this is the reason why he thinks this is the reason why we got the squid back yeah. in 1985 was because the company was messing around with interdimensional portals. Yeah, so this was the 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 kayfabe reason. This was the the cover story given to the public. Um, well, even not even just the public. This is the cover story that that Ozymandias had for everyone. Uh, that this is yeah. why it happened. And so he thinks this is dangerous as shit, and that they can't do this, and this is this is what are you doing. So not not only are, are these the the illegal uh, the illegal you know, the, the 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 racist terror group that have been murdering people. Now he thinks they're bringing back his biggest fear that the thing that killed all those people and changed his life may actually come mm-hmm. back because of these people. So he, he whips out the gun and he's like, you know, freeze, police, do this. And the woman's like, oh, I know who you are, Wade. I know you're looking glass, like, you know. Put, you know put the gun down um 
let me explain what this is and why you're here. Why why I you know we rigged. I mean, this line actually made me laugh a little bit. We rigged the cabbage to fall out of the back of the truck. Yeah, um, but it makes sense, like because you know it's a little bit convenient. Oh well, it absolutely was convenient. You're right, it absolutely was. Um, and the Rorschach who sits with him in another room. Um, and I, I didn't recognize his voice because I've not heard his voice enough to really notice it, but it's the Senator, Senator Kane, who we've seen a couple of times. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're not even going to disguise your voice. Like, what's going on? And he's like, hey, I'm about to show you something that I saw after I, you know, achieved, you know, office or whatever. And I'm going to show it to you. I eventually pirate out my own copy so I can show it to you. And what, all I'm going to ask of you is that you basically help the help the investigation that thinks you know because laurie thinks that it's either angela or someone she knows killed judd we would like that to go through just and it it sounds like just to distract her for a few days it's not so much that they want her to go to prison forever for it she just want to be off the table because otherwise we're going to have to go to her home and kill her and we don't want to do that so how about you yeah he says that in his like super friendly way otherwise we're gonna have to kill her own her own family so (laughs) Um, and he says that he took you know he after the white night because he wasn't involved with this group before that he says that him and judd both basically took control of different cells of the seventh cavalry after the white night to keep them in check uh to stop them from doing crazy stuff like that right which is an interesting but thing. we also know that he wants angela out of the way because they're clearly planning something big for, in the next couple of days they're planning something presumably involving portals and probably dead people and probably dead people so we'll see how that goes and this is the weird thing is i don't necessarily think right now there's anything to anything in my head to to connect this plan to whatever lady true and will are doing with their you know tower <laughs> no idea they feel yeah like- there's basically three big plans that we're watching right there's lady true with um will and then there's the whatever the seventh calvary is doing and then there's Vite. Who might be connected to Lady True? Well, we'll get know. we'll get to that later. I've I've got some thoughts on Vite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his stories are. I always look forward to his part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, and speaking of, we're it's about, just so bizarre. We're about to get young Vite in a minute. Uh, well, younger, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Cover up Jeremy Irons' face with some VHS quality video and hope no one notices his age. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't really do like try to de-age him at all. Because nah. his voice is still like old sounding. They can't really do <laughs> it. I don't care. Whatever. I, I you deal with it because it's yeah. still pretty good. Outside of getting an impersonator to do the voice for the young version, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and yeah. I really like Jeremy Irons. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> if the, if the great Tommy just had a gravelly voice when he was forty and now he's seventy, I'll take it. That's fine. Okay. You yeah, know, I'll take it. Uh, so he puts on this tape. And it's this tape of Vite telling Robert Redford, which he pre-recorded, by the way, he pre- he recorded this the day before the event in 1985, the day before the squid. He recorded this video congratulating Robert Redford on becoming president, which wouldn't happen until seven years later. Mm-hmm. And that's all part and of his master plan. how did I predict this? I didn't. I planned it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty great. And he stands there and says, so tomorrow, 24 hours from now, although seven years in your past, um, something will have to unite everyone to stop this nuclear you know, war from happening. And there's going to be a giant interdimensional squid. But it won't be coming from another planet or another dimension. It'll be coming from me. And what's beautiful about this moment is, is, is what, as fun as it is to watch him give this speech, it's Wade's reactions and like his like... Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, that's why you get a great actor, right? Yeah. Like, he's so good in this scene. Him sitting up and like paying attention and realizing that everything he's been scared of his entire life is just a lie. Um, and Because it, it kind of answers here. I don't know if it's necessarily in this scene or before uh, or on the tape, the fight says it. But somewhere along the way, someone does clearly imply that all these little squids that have been falling since are actually also Bites part of it, yeah. yeah, they're also part of the plan to just to keep the fear there. It's like, no, it could happen again. So, you know. That answers that. It answers why it's still happening, where they're coming from. Yeah, but nobody nobody dies from it, right? It's just like a... Yeah. Well, maybe some people do, because they're slippery. But <laughs> for the most part, they're just like a reminder. <laughs> so, 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 like <laughs> someone dropping banana peels. <laughs> somewhere in a village somewhere, some old granny has, has met her demise by slipping on a little squid. <laughs> yeah. 
off the side of a bridge. Wilhelm scrim, scr- scrim, scream. Wilhelm scream, queued up in the on the tape deck. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, I I agree. I really like the scene though for for his reaction. And I think it's the senator who says to him like, like is anything true? And then he repeats it later on like is anything true? And it's it's really. I think that's why this might be my favorite episode. It probably is because of his realization. And, and you know, uh, I'll admit I watched it twice because I really liked it. But um, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, even the opening scene. I'll, 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 oh, I said, I said, I'll admit I watched it twice. You don't have to feel bad about that. No one's going to mock you for watching it twice. <laughs> I did. I watched it twice. But um, the the opening scene where he's like doing the um doing the focus group stuff mm. and like sure maybe the the smiley o's like he knows that the kids don't like it because it's not made of sugar but the but the one with the new york like all of a sudden he doesn't seem so good at predicting whether or not people are telling the truth when it, his own like personal bias is in the way mm. including like the squid or pretty women who trick him into doing things <laughs> Which is a bit of a running theme, actually. I wanted to point out there's a line when he sees his ex um, where mm-hmm. she says, I spent seven years trying to convince you that I wasn't going to steal your clothes and run off and leave you alone. Uh, clearly, it's, you know, that's mm-hmm. also something that's affected him his entire life is that experience. Um, and he kind of, he almost cracks a joke where he's like, oh, seven years of bad luck. Because um, it was broken mirrors around him. <laughs> like, that was, that literally happened. Uh, so he had a very rough seven-year relationship with someone. Um, yeah, but he does the same thing in this episode, right? Like he, yeah, yeah. he meets a pretty girl. She says, "Follow me," and he just goes, oh, and that, hey, she that, starts that, talking about sex. Hey, 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 this is all accurate. Like every, almost all of us are going to fall for this. All right, <laughs> don't don't even, um, yeah. don't pretend that this is this power. don't don't pretend that this is unrealistic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, uh, not at all. Like this is totally realistic, especially a guy who's like looking at his bunk bed being empty. You know, <laughs> like clearly a bunker made for two. Oh, <laughs> but how, there, was, there was a third one. There was one up top, almost implying that he was playing having a kid at some point. Oh, uh, maybe I was thinking that he was sleeping on like a couch, looking at the bunks. But maybe there is a maybe that was a third bed. Yeah, I thought it was three beds, but you could be right. Well, in any case, like yeah, he's a lonely guy girl starts pretty girl starts talking to him she's kind of cool and interested in him and she starts talking about screwing and just casually i'm like oh i'm so drunk and (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course it's gonna work but like he just talked about this moment in his life with his ex and he falls right back into it you know it's the one weakness he has yeah i mean this uh, one's more subtle like like I like to think that if she tried to strip him immediately, he would probably go. Wait a minute, this happened before. <laughs> this is this is too close. I'm not falling for this. No, but he's just as vulnerable by the end, right? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It, it, it traps him into this, uh, and they want him because they want him to take Angela out of the picture because she trusts him, and that. And I actually love the, the how he does it as well because when he gets back into work the next day, and you know he gets the he's like and she's like hey did you get the pills and he she comes over to talk to him and he's like yeah but hey like you want my help let me in on this what's going on and he intentionally does this at his desk knowing the cactus is bugged and i love that the camera kind of focuses on it just a little bit just mm-hmm. to remind us the cactus is there and he's not because I, I thought what he yeah. was going to do as soon as he left our office earlier he even on kind of leans in like Come yeah on, tell me like i want to help when, when so it, she has to lean in to whisper back, like right over the cactus. When when he left uh, Laurie's office earlier on, I thought he was the first thing he was going to do was go and like take it out out of like you know annoyance, like how dare she bug me? That but he doesn't, and it's perfect because well, here, I'm sure he thinks like whatever. It's not like I say anything that's true. Top secret. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of the pills, I guess. Yeah, the principle of the matter. Uh, but yeah. Oh, by the way, Panda uh, was back in this episode. I loved the Panda sitting. Yeah, around. I hope I hope we get a Panda episode i don't think we're getting, his backstory i don't think we're getting a panda episode but i did enjoy more panda and red i love sc- that his that his um panda mask is so dirty <laughs> it just looks like such a slob and then red scares using the lettuce that was part of the evidence in the cop killing for his sandwich because yeah. it was going bad well that was clearly there to set up hey remember 
the letters. Yeah. No, it's smart storytelling. It's there to remind us about the letters. I will say this, though. This felt unbelievable to me. Lettuce does not last this long exposed. I, I refuse to believe lettuce from that first episode is still sitting there perfectly edible. Not in a fridge, mm. even. Um, I think it might be okay. Like, it'll be a little wilted, but it won't be as crunchy. Sure. I don't know. Look, I'm the lettuce expert, okay? All right, fine. <laughs> All I know is, is when I open a bag what of lettuce... What if I eat salads? <laughs> I eat lettuce. I've been eating some salad with my dinner. I've been doing better. Don't you even start, okay? Don't you even start. I've been making a concentrated effort. I will not have this. Today I am three weeks yeah, without milk. I, I am three weeks without milk today, all right? Whoa. It's a big day. My calcium is probably in the shit, but that's okay. Try <laughs> to eat lettuce and get calcium from there. <laughs> I, I went six months without cheese and now three weeks without milk. I am doing absolutely wonderful. Everything's going exactly as planned. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I just wanted to mention uh, Panda because Panda's great. But yeah, so and he says sorry. He says, I'm sorry, Angela. And she's like, well, sorry for what? Right before, you know, Laurie like busts out with a gun and is like, like hands up, like arrest her. But of course, what she does as she gets the pills back, before she's unable to use her hands and have free will, she downs the bottle of pills, and Laurie's like, what are you doing? You're crazy. <laughs> All sorts of side effects. Um, so as much as we're not going to mention really what we see in the next time on at the end, it does kind of confirm that what's going to happen because she downed these pills is what the focus of the episode is. And I will say, it looks like it's going to be a very inventive flashback episode, if nothing else. Um, so oh, yeah. I'm looking forward Looks to like that. Looks like we're getting the Spielberg's treatment of black and white with the flash of color. <laughs> oh, you know what else I wanted to mention that yes. I really noticed? I think the last episode and then this episode remind me of it is the opening title of The Watchmen is always done differently in a really clever way. Yeah. I just really like that detail. It's a nice touch. Even just that. Even just the... Uh... And, the and the title of the episode yeah. too. Title of the episode always ends up on the ground or in a building or something. It's always somewhere... Um, I'm just laughing because I just noticed I have a message from Connor. Uh, it's not spelled correctly because he's drunk right now. He's very drunk. Uh, but he's drunk watching Arrow at the moment. And he texts me in all caps what's supposed to be bloodlust because that was a word we used to always make fun of them using a few seasons ago. Uh, the spelling of it, though, is as follows. B, comma, L, K, K, D, L, U, S, T. The lust is okay at the end, but blood was... Blicked. Blicked. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> we need to do an intervention episode with Connor. <laughs> Connor's, uh, Connor's lover is already fecked. It's fine. Mild fuzz intervention. <laughs> and Connor, I said... you need to drink all the time. And This is the only time you're likable. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I like that twist actually I was too busy thinking of the joke I was about to crack that I didn't even register what you were saying until a second later um, and before YouTube uh, tries to do anything I said fact not the actual F word fact I said the Irish version with the E uh <laughs> anyway we have to talk about uh, well actually just to wrap up uh, Wade's stuff because Wade uh, goes home uh that night and his his replacement alarm system has arrived and he throws it in the trash and then changes his mind and takes it back out of the trash uh you don't get over something that you've you know mm -hmm. structured your whole life around i guess no in, i get it in an hour that's what i read from it unless he's planning to like I don't know, Jerry rig it into something else and a yeah, different maybe. kind of alarm system. But right after he goes inside, a van pulls up and four Rorschach looking dudes with shotguns come walking out and are walking towards his house, clicking their guns, and that's when we go to the credits. So they got I what, hope he doesn't die. They got what they wanted out of him. Um I hope he doesn't too. I don't think he will. I think there's more to do with him, given his past and mm -hmm. you know what he cares about. I think he's a conduit. I think because we have learned so much about the mythology of the world through him in this episode and how yeah. the world is reacting to the squid and how there's entire like groups of people who spend money on this shit to try and protect themselves that they don't need yeah you know uh new york good. needs people again new york needs people again so we get this cheesy ad we never really talked about it when we mentioned it before but that's so all mentioned now you've got like just like a cop being like 
oh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have came back here because if it's any safer, I'll be out of a job. <laughs> you know, I can't remember if after 9-11 there were ads like this, like, come back to New York, it's safe now. But, you know, obviously that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. I like, don't th- there's no 9-11 in this yeah, in this universe. Maybe, but. maybe there were. I don't think so. I, I feel like, and I could be wrong. I, I don't see what ads played. Maybe like tourism ads rather than like come back. Because, I mean, that that event was pretty unifying. Oh sure, yeah, I, I can see tourism ads being that. That said, I don't, I don't remember any. But I think, and again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see what ads playing in US TV. But I feel like more than likely the equivalent would be. Uh, sort of a more of a pride thing about how strong we are we've survived this and we'll keep surviving kind of thing i feel like that was the general message post 9-11 yeah you're right there was like a lot of budweiser commercials that were just like america patriot yeah yeah <laughs> we stand united it was kind of like how when the referendum was happening in scotland all of a sudden every media store had like tons of braveheart at the front of the window they're like hey come by braveheart <laughs> <laughs> You think I'm Learn joking? Learn about your history. That was that was that was that actually happened. It was just lots of Braveheart on sale. You guys need more movies. <laughs> Braveheart's a pretty good one to be fair, though. At least. Yeah, you've got that one. Oh, what's the other one I really like? I think with Liam Neeson in it. Liam Neeson. Yeah, Rob Roy. Oh, I've not Is seen that? that. I've not seen Scottish? that. It may be. I've not seen it. I think I like that one. It's been a long time though. Okay. Okay. Um. What, what can I say? We can't exactly put out train spot and as here we're proud to be Scottish. No, the, the heroin junkies get addicted to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Hey, I, I'm happy to put under the skin as a Scottish movie. <laughs> Come to Sc- Scotland and Scarlett Johansson might seduce you into death. <laughs> you could have been in that movie. I could have been in that movie. They uh, just got random dudes. They were prilling the, the 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 streets looking for unsuspecting yeah. idiots. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that I think that leads You're us like, on. Ooh, pretty girl. Okay, I'll get into your rape van. <laughs> hey, the wood. Your murder van. Hey, well, not, I mean, you you joke about that, but that actually plays upon what that movie was doing about gender stereotypes and how men assume they're safe because of yep. the men, um, and how it's unsuspecting it is. That's part of what we the movie's have doing. We'll a thorough discussion when we will talk about it on the 8th. Which we all do someday, you're right. Um, and I, I can tell you my story about how I didn't know that was set in Scotland when I went to see it, and how I had this weird moment like 10 minutes into it where I started to recognise places and was like, wait a minute. This doesn't happen. <laughs> Something weird's going on here. <laughs> What's going on? Usually it's like, I recognise places. I'm like, oh, that's Canada, but it'll say like Los Angeles. On oh, the sure, side. yeah. <laughs> right, they do that all the time. No, Va- it's not. Like every <laughs> TV, Vancouver. every TV show is like shot in Vancouver now. It is insane. Yeah. Um, to the point where an episode of The Flash, like two seasons ago, didn't even hide a giant Canadian flag <laughs> in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's well, a- welcome to Chicago. I'm like, that's my grandma's house. <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be Central City. There's a giant maple leaf, and like, just protects the embassy. It's the Canadian embassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the one final thing we have to really talk about is Vite, and I just want to—I want to pat myself on the back a little bit because one of the things I said a week or two ago was that I reminded you about the bubbles that uh, Manhattan made on Mars, like the bubbles of like the atmosphere and how he'd put buildings in them, and I theorized that maybe this place was like that—it was a bubble of atmosphere that, he, that Manhattan had created on either the moon. I think I said the moon at the time or Mars whatever well yeah because last week we had that transition yeah. from invite on to like a, a moon shot so we're like yeah. oh they're implying he's on the moon not on mars yeah but he is on the moon just not earth's moon <laughs> just not earth's moon yes um because i'm gonna say it's europa because i think you can see io in the background which is the a more reddish colored moon so i think he's on europa i know what io is, is to an extent not as much as you do but I know I've heard of it because of the Expanse, because the Expanse uses real moons and I know, asteroids. Right, because of 2010, it's equal to 2001 <laughs> Space Odyssey. The hit, the hit motion picture. Yes. <laughs> so I'm patting myself on the back a little bit because I, I think I at least nailed part of it with the bubble thing. With you know, we're talking about Manhattan's bubbles of you know life on Mars. So yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that it had to be Manhattan something though, because sure, yeah. Even the most advanced technology that we've seen in the show would be from like Lady True 
I mean, there are like cloning facilities, which we do see clones. I mean, I would have like. I don't think they would be this advanced. I, I could have accepted like he's on Earth, but he's in like a dome that you know Trues built or something like that. Obviously, that's not what we're doing now, yeah. but I could have accepted that as a possibility. Um, but yeah, so Joy has been catapulting the clones out of the uh, out of the bubble, and it's nice because it, it transitions from like his videotape stuff to this. So it's like, oh, okay, well, now we go to like present day Vite, or well, mm-hmm. near enough present day. I still think yeah, I still think this might be set before the rest of the show. It's um, true. We still don't know what that meteor was. Yeah. In last week's episode. Yes. I'm thinking it might be Vite. It may be Vite landing, yeah. Uh so we see him he's he's in the, the, the I'll call it a spacesuit, but it's more of a deep sea diving suit that he's like retrofitted to <laughs> work as a spacesuit and i don't know it looks very twenty thousand leagues under the sea to me it does and he uh he, he goes on the catapult it's a theme in this episode because they bring up the the name nemo which is the name of the either the captain or the ship in yeah. that book captain i think yeah captain and there's nemo. a giant squid which is like that sure i think the title comes from there too uh, but the title makes me think of something else it also makes me think of preppers because like people who are afraid of like storms and stuff can have like afraid of the the flood or the big storm that might come also preppers i don't know like doomsday stuff i think you're doing good stuff here i've never read this book or know much about it so this is good stuff okay yeah or seen the movie i mean i read it when i was a kid yeah but Um, i've never seen the movie oddly enough it's on the disney plus app though i noticed it oh is it sci-fi sounds like sci-fi kind of or is it just underwater I mean, Jules Verne was kind of sci-fi. I guess if Journey to the Center of the Earth is science fiction, then well, that definitely yeah, they, yeah. But in Journey to the Center of the Earth, they find creatures that are living like near the crust, like giant creatures and stuff. Well, that's definitely sci-fi. Yeah, the whole like hollow Earth. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's, like it's, it's not a scientifically accurate representation of the the core I don't of the know Earth. If Twenty thousand leagues is science fiction. That's fine. Whatever. Anyway, so Vite's on the catapult himself, and he's, he's got a bunch of the clones doing his where He's like, "All right, Miss Crookshanks," and he's like, "You know, I love when he says, when he says that Crookshanks." I know. I love it. Um, and he fires himself out of the boat. He's got his tethered though. He's got a rope. He's tethered to, you know, his origin point, and. Sure enough, I sort of popped a little bit because it kind of proved me right. Is when he, as soon as he goes out the bubble, it turns to space, and I was like, "Yes!" Yeah. And he just lands so gently because of gravity. Yeah. He's on a so much later. He's on yeah. a different planet or whatever. He's bubbling. Is yeah, so it's all right. And I love all the dead like clones that he's like fired out. <laughs> and he builds a sign saying, "You know, save me or whatever," um, out of the dead bodies. There's, there's a third word, but we don't see it. Yes, I'm going to assume a name. Save me someone. I mean, it sort of looked like it could have been a D. Mm-hmm. But like... Dad? <laughs> <laughs> it have to be something short. <laughs> but does it have to be something short? I would imagine. I mean, he's got a lot of dead bodies out there. <laughs> he can make, he can make. Um, yeah, but... It, it took a lot to just make the letter V. True, 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 true. Um, so, yeah, we see Jupiter, obviously, um, which, because uh, yeah. that's what made me go, oh, this isn't Mars. Uh, you wouldn't see Jupiter this close from Mars. <laughs> this is, like, really like, in your face. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I think he's on Europa. I'm glad you've got an educated guess as to exactly which moon it is, but... Uh, I mean, there are, uh, there are quite a few moons, I think. I want to say, like, high teens. True. Like seventeen moons or something, but the 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 big ones, the big four, are the Galilean moons, and just uh, Titan one, yeah. Um, I think that might be Saturn. Oh, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There's Titan, Titan Saturn, and there's Triton, and I think one of them is Saturn, one of them is Neptune. Titan, Triton, Brighton, Crichton. Probably Saturn. Triton is Neptune because that would make sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your for your astronomy knowledge. Season uh, the old noodle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this was just delightful. Um, of course, he gets yanked back in, uh, and we see the the uh, the warden or or whatever name he's going by is dragged him in, and is like, "I warned you in the letter, but you and you think you might kill him because he sort of like sticks a like a machete, and, but he's just popping the mask off." Um, 
and it's sort of like, oh dear, what's going to happen to Veidt now? Well, he says he says he's getting locked up, but like, what does that specifically mean? Like, so next time when we see him, is he going to be like in a jail cell on this island? Is this guy a new face? Could you tell? Do you know, I was actually trying to look at him to see if it was the same face as the other dudes, as if it was just like one of yeah. those clones that had been made. Mr. Phillips, or yeah. Whatever. Um, but I, I, I couldn't tell. I don't think it was. I, you can't tell. He's got a little bit of a mustache. Yeah, and he's got the he's mask. He's got a, a mask, like an eye mask on, like a Zoro mask. So yeah, it's just, enough to hide his identity, like to just, where, I mean, he he looks like he could be if he took it off, but. There's no real distinctive features yeah, for me to say. He's generic white dude enough that he could be him, but like uh, yeah. nothing to, <laughs> n- nothing to actually say for sure it is him. Yeah, because uh, I was thinking that too. That maybe this is just another copy of him. That's you know, if, if Manhattan's put him here, and he, he must have. It must be Manhattan. He's, he's on. It has to be right. He's on one of Jupiter's moons. God damn it. <laughs> there is a satellite that's out there, though. There is. Um, that seems to be maybe there to monitor him. And well, or that they don't know he's there. Yeah, maybe because oh. Oh, he yeah, wrote no, you're that right. message for that satellite. You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. He wrote the message obviously for something, and presumably that satellite is the only thing that's going to see it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I still have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> the show, the show, it seems like it's answering them, but it keeps giving me four more questions. <laughs> it's a Damon Lindelof show. That's how yeah. they work. That's how that's how this works. So. Um, I I'm excited. I'm excited. They've not renewed it yet, but it's been doing really well for them. So I, I think it's all but guaranteed that we're getting season two. Uh, yeah, which I'm excited for because I I'm loving how this is building. You know, we're, we're this is this is the middle episode because there's nine episodes, so we got four left in the season, and I think it's introduced a lot of great world building, and I'm super into all that stuff, and I'm excited to see. I feel like this was kind of the final. This feels like the last episode that's introducing a lot of new stuff to me, in the sense that I feel like because next episode is going more into the past, I feel like we're finally going to start diving into the stuff we've been teasing, as opposed to just introducing new elements that were, but they've all been fascinating. They've all been good, and you you may be right. Yeah. This may be the best episode. Although I think Laurie's episode I think is up there for me as well. So I'm not I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick. Yeah, that was good. Plus we had a character that we know from the comics, which was nice to see back yeah even just this episode we're getting more watchmen as we go i mean this episode had a younger vite who's you know from watchmen and this is before the, the other characters come to see him and the squid i would consider the squid to be and the squid yeah essential watchmen character well exactly i was, I was I'm, what i'm saying is that we're, we're seeing more and more events directly from the story like we're seeing parts of it in roundabout ways but we're seeing characters from that time we're seeing the aftermath of the event we're seeing you know i i, I wouldn't be shocked if we eventually get like like more of the actual story told in flashbacks at some point. Like, well, yeah, and and we know that uh, that Dan, the owl guy, Night is owl. here somewhere Night in this owls. world. <laughs> Night, owl. Night, Night owl. Night owl. Yes. <laughs> I love how I remember nostalgia, but not the name of <laughs> one of the main characters. <laughs> oh dear, uh, but not really. I, I i do uh i'm enjoying the world building and the more it connects back into watchmen i'm like i'm lo- i love just how destroyed wade is when he realizes how fake it was and that it wasn't i mean obviously yeah. it was a real tragedy because really well uh, because you know three million people that that die but like it's not this thing he needs to be scared of in the same way that he was before it's, it's something that's completely yeah. different i think it's pretty incredible how well that scene fits in with this show too Mm-hmm. Because it, I mean, the Watchmen, it, it seems like its own little contained story that's perfect for the time that it came out in. Um, but and and this show is it's a pretty big gamble to do something in a future Watchmen universe. You know, that's not going to upset fans. But I think they're doing a really good job. I mean, it probably has upset. And I, I... Having this scene, the opening scene, where it just ties into the huge event that happens at the end of the comic book, you're like. Oh yeah, this does feel like the same world. I mean, it probably has upset a lot of fans. I'm sure that it's been very divisive. Uh, I know Tim hates it. <laughs> so. Oh really? Yeah, Tim, Tim. Tim watched the first episode and was his reaction online was not uh, favorable. But um, I think I think what makes it work. I think how you do a new modern version of Watchmen is that much like Watchmen did at the time, you have it tackle issues of the day. 
And part yeah. of, part of what makes it feel like it's part of the same world. This one is not shying away from those. It's no, it's definitely not. But I think what makes it feel part of the same world, and the sad part of this is this because, well, some of the issues we had in the eighties are still relevant. <laughs> like that, no, not all. I mean, some of them are different. We're not. Yeah. We're not joking about Nixon. There's all these but, little tiny details too. That's like, oh yeah, if this really was the future in the Watchmen, that would make sense that they don't have like. They have pagers and have cell phones. Like a lot of people would be afraid of technology because of the interdimensional squid that happened, and they didn't want to play like too much with it. So, I, I think it's the little details in there that really makes it work. Yeah, I agree. I, Except wor- for Tim, I think the world building has been fantastic. I, I've loved all that mythology stuff uh, <laughs> and really set up what the world is like since Watchmen. It's been one of my favorite things about the show. Well, that was the thing about, I mean, even the the Watchmen comic was, this is our world. The only difference is that what if Superman actually existed and he was American, you know? And it was like, oh yeah, maybe we would have Vietnam as a state. Or, <laughs> you know, they, they're, people would not, you know, idolize uh vigilantes and superheroes but we would go to other things like pirates instead because superheroes are boring because they exist now or something like that like it's yeah it's 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 faithful to a lot of the themes in the comics well that that was uh, one of the things in the comic that's why the pirate comics were were big is because like superheroes exist in this world so they don't write a lot about them in the same way Mm -hmm. pirates and stuff like that are what the fiction's about um Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a reason why we have a lot of superhero stuff, but we don't necessarily write a whole lot about pirates because uh, pirates did kind of exist and, you know, they were famous for a time, but now superheroes are what we all want to come and save us from our problems because the world is screwed yeah, up. Yeah, or just that they have something other than superheroes that they're really, that they write about, that they're excited about. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, the show's been very good. Pirates um, had their chance here. <laughs> pirates had their chance. But they just kept focusing on Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Uh, now the way you said that you're, you're almost paraphrasing the Golden from Jurassic Park you know dinosaurs had their chance pirates are extinct now everyone knows that yeah, pirates except are extinct. in Somalia <laughs> <laughs> look at me I'm the captain I'm now the captain. Uh, so no um, the show's been great I will say this this aired the same night as, this airs the same night every week as Mr. Robot right now um, which is one of my favourite shows and I will say, for as good as this was, Mr. Robot had an all-timer this week. So, uh, this comes up second <laughs> for me this week. I have so I'm sure fans are quite happy. Yeah, and yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm just I'm just saying, as good as this was, because this was a great episode, Mr. Robot... I do think this is a great episode. I, I don't care much for the, the hat flashback that we saw, like, 15 minutes before. I thought that was kind of bizarre. Because the show, like, does a really good job of trusting the audience to figure out what's happening but then they just like show these little clips like remember the hat they're mentioning the material and then they show you the hat a second time oh sure yeah they show you the girl again a second time later on like yeah i I remember (laughs) yeah there's a couple of little snippets like that yeah you're right no i mean they're not a big deal because they don't really bog things down because they are just a split second but you're right we don't need them it's just kind of spelling it out to us a little bit too much it was just a little bit like yeah, we get it. Like the show is way more complicated than that, and we're following along as best we can, as much as I think the show wants us to. It's, like, why it's, is this being spelled out to us? I don't know. Especially since, like, you know, they did at least a funner job, maybe not smarter, but a funner job with the lettuce, reminding us about the lettuce. You know, like they had a little joke yeah, in there to yeah. make that work. Um, it didn't right, have to. Didn't have to flash back to it. You know, so plus we got more panda, and we got more panda, which makes it all worth worthwhile. Um, yeah so <laughs> that's all that was my only like complaint like mm. what <laughs> no, that's fair. why was it there that's but fair. overall pretty good uh-huh. pretty um, great i really like it no it's great um yes my sentence that i was trying to finish about 30 seconds ago or a minute ago uh, was i just wanted to say for as good as this was uh mr robot basically meant that it had no chance of winning the night <laughs> not that it really oh. matters who wins but um Mr. Robot had an episode where it completely recontextualized the entire show so that I really want to watch the whole thing again immediately. Um, it was that kind of episode. So, Sounds saying. like people should listen to your review. It was 92 minutes long. Me and Connor went deep on that, that episode. Uh, 
deep. So uh, that is Watchmen, though. That is episode five of Watchmen, mid midpoint of the season. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that usual stuff. You can support us by uh, rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. More people will find us that way. Um, in fact, the Mr. Robot reviews are on the same podcast feed. Uh, I mention it if you're interested. Um, Tara, where can people support us financially? Ooh, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And donating as little as a dollar per month will get you bonus features, um, including wrestling tangents. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, that sounds like I someone... Think, I, I haven't watched them, but I think Pete and uh, Matthew start wrestling somehow <laughs> Don't spoil so, yeah, them. only for a dollar I, I i do love though you mentioned that because uh I, I get the impression you got a notification for it recently and went oh it's a wrestling conversation i don't want this <laughs> i don't care <laughs> it's become a really tradition on the comics podcast that me and matt will just sit and talk about that week's wrestling for 20 minutes and it's it just it goes off as a bonus thing on patreon <laughs> <laughs> and car just sits there miserable the whole time <laughs> did you like my jazzing up the <laughs> the patreon plug i laughed at that because the last thing we recorded i joked uh you won't see us for a few weeks if you watch a twilight zone reviews but i joked after the fact that she had a, a she always says it in the exact same way and I, what i loved about that is you try to make it different but after the first three seconds it just it just went back to the same thing it always is uh so yeah it was funny it was just a different yeah it's like you can support us on patreon <laughs> but then it was just normal from then on it was the exact same way you always say it uh, hey, I never talk about wrestling. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, you get bonus episodes of various things at the one dollar tier. Five dollar tier gets you early access to some stuff and some voting rights for some various podcasts and so on and so on. So go and have a look. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. So thank you. Yeah, I was worried it's going to be a shorter review, and we're actually like a good chunk over a number now at this point. So uh, thank you very much for sticking Ooh. around and enjoying our, our our rambles. And hopefully, give us your own thoughts in the comments. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?